What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. This orthopedic surgeon is on fire. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Because I'm on fire. That's why. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. And that word, fire. Don't tell Alicia Keys that. F-I-Y-A-H. Fire. I think she's from the Bronx, too. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm so excited to talk to one of the great ladies coming out of Los Angeles. Certainly USC, but she ain't from Los Angeles. She's from the Bronx. Rhonda, thanks so much for getting her early to be with us. All right, the BX, Dr. Clapper. Yes, the Bronx. <laughs> the BX. <laughs> I love it. And you know it. And you notice how it's the Bronx. <laughs> I never That's thought right. of that. It's not the Far Rockaway. It's just no. Far Rockaway. But you're the Bronx. the Bronx. Yes. Oh my God, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, in preparation for my interview with you, which I'm really so jazzed about doing. I just typed in your name to YouTube, and it took me to a new uh, an L.A. Times article, and I think the author is still working for the L.A. Times, which is shocking, G- way back to 1985 when you tore your knee up and you dislocated your knee and Dr. Stedman had to take care of you. Oh, my God. Yes. I didn't realize that's right. the knee I'm operating on. Yes, it's a special knee. <laughs> oh, my God. It was had a whole article about it. Who knew so <laughs> You know, let me tell you something. You know how lucky you are, and they didn't just say this leg could have been amputated just to scare you. That's a reality. Usually you'll see artery and nerve injuries associated with so many ligaments being torn. It's a real risk, and God bless you. How you came back to star on the USC basketball team is just an amazing story. Your well, your journey just shocks us. So teach us a little bit. Who are you? Tell us about your parents. Tell us about your family. Tell us about Roberto Clemente Park and how this journey started. You know, Dr. Clapper, I listen. I'm like a fan of the show. <laughs> so it's it's now funny to hear you asking me those questions. <laughs> this, is, this is definitely a, something a check off the bucket list for sure for me, Dr. Clapper. Talk to you oh, my pleasure. Um, I, I just want to say something about the injury and uh, what a key role your doctor can play in your recovery Mm -hmm. because Dr. Stedman, my knee was destroyed Mm -hmm. and I was, I was a kid. I was 18 years old at the height of my basketball career, really, because Mm -hmm. we had just won a national championship Mm -hmm. um, at USC and I was playing in um, Colorado Springs in a Olympic development tournament. Wow. And I, I blew out my knee. And so um, Dr. Stedman, I mean, and I didn't know anything, so I'm asking him, well, am I going to have to have surgery? Now, mind you, mm-hmm. he had just popped my knee back into place Ugh. because my, my kneecap had uh, moved to, to interior, to the inside of my leg. To New Jersey. You were still in uh, Colorado. Your kneecap was in New Jersey. Exactly. (laughs) And so he popped my leg back together once I got to the hospital, and my knee swole up to the size of basically a watermelon. Wow. Wow. And so I asked him, I said, so am I going to have to have surgery? And he passed me a box of tissues, and he was like, yes. 
he said, he said, basically, your knee is destroyed. But this is what he said to me, that this is what, why I was able to recover. He said, I'm the best. Hmm. I can fix this. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to fix this. He said, but it's going to be up to you after that to do the therapy, listen to your physical therapist, and do the work. Hmm. I can fix it, but it's going to be on you. Hmm. And so with that mindset, hmm. I, knew I, I knew I was going to be okay. I knew I just had to focus on my therapy and not worry about when I was going to play again. Hmm. That's something I didn't do. I wasn't able to run for 14 months after I had surgery. And what year is this? This was um, this was like 84, you know, right after. Right. You know, so I, I missed my second year of college. So here's, um, here's what's amazing. The parallel yeah. universe in 19, from 1984 to 1988, I'm in New York at the Hospital for Special Surgery with the New York Giants and the Yankees because I'm training at the hospital that takes care of them with Dr. Warren, who's the, been the head doctor for the New York Giants forever. And I remember in 1984 being in the operating room with him talking about Dr. Stedman because Stedman is the Mount Rushmore guy all the way back into New York teaching us yes. how to use the arthroscope to rebuild ACLs. It, you got to realize wow. prior to that, it was Joe Namath stuff. We did not, we did not know and appreciate how to put the ligament back to the exact spot it needed to be. So you're not only wrecking your knee, but you're in the hands of the guy who's about to teach the world how to do it elegantly. Now it's obnoxious. It's egotistical for someone to say, I'm the best. You know, if you're the hey. best, you don't have to tell people, but actually he was the best. I needed to hear that, and I needed to hear that yeah. at that time. Yeah, I was scared, wow. and so just a, a little bit more. So he, so now they replaced the ligament, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Something happens, they pop that thing out, put it back in. He said, "All of he went inside my knee. He said, all of my ligaments. The ligament is a band. Mm -hmm. So he said, all of my ligaments look like spaghetti. Wow. It was spaghetti floating around, and he was able to repair all of the ligaments." And create those bands again. Wow. Incredible. So, so, yeah, so that part, you know. So, how do you even you know, come then, back from that? How do you even come back? Now, how tall are you when you're playing? Um, I, got, I, I was stretched as a child, so I'm now 5'5". Five five. <laughs> <laughs> I might be 5'5 five five and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> then you can relate to the great Nate Tiny Archibald, right? He oh, yes. I love Nate. I know Nate. I know Nate, and um, I love Nate because he was fearless. He was fearless. He was fearless. How he much credit do you give to coming from the Bronx for your fearlessness and Nate Archibald's fearlessness? And he talks so much about going to the Rucker Park games as an inspiration, as making a dream happen so you can make the dream come true. Do you, did you go to Rucker Park games? Did you go to Harlem to see these players that you could see for free? Tell us about Rucker Park in your lifetime. A absolutely, uh, Dr. Clapper. You talked. You mentioned Roberto Clemente State Park. That was my first Rucker Park because mm. I grew up. This was a place that was maybe three or four blocks from my house, and so that was somewhere that my mom felt safe for mm. us to be. I'm the oldest of four, so wherever I went, I had to bring my brothers and sisters along with me. Mm. So this was a place that was a safe place for us. Um, Roberto Clemente State Park is right on um, the Hudson River, mm. and it's right next to uh, River Park Towers, and it's a, it's a beautiful property. 
um, a huge outdoor swimming pool and a diving pool, um, a gymnasium, all type of uh, game rooms. Um, they used to have a nature bus that used to come in the back, which I loved. But inside Roberto Clemente State Park is where I played basketball. And I also, when I was young, I also did gymnastics. And it, it and when I was maybe like in the sixth grade and, you know, you go to the park, you're playing basketball, I'm doing gymnastics. And there was a park director that came to me maybe in the seventh grade and said, Rhonda, his name was Al Pemberton. <laughs> and he said, Rhonda, he said, Rhonda, you know what? Let me back up. Before that, when I was like nine, my mom said to me, listen, I want you to go to college. This is, I was nine years old. I want you to go to college. You're the oldest. Everything you do, your brothers and sisters are going to follow. So you have to lead the way. I want you to go to college, but I can't pay for you to go to college. You're going to have to get a scholarship. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay. You You had a Jewish mother. I love this. (laughs) Okay. And Dr. Clapper, I remember going to sit on, I sat on the edge of my bed and I was looking out the window and I'm thinking, what the hell is a scholarship? <laughs> I had no idea what it was. But it was because my mother said, this is what I needed to do for the family. So jump to Al Pemberton. So he comes to me, he says, Rhonda, you know what? You're really good at gymnastics. You're good in basketball. But I think it would be a lot easier for you to get a scholarship playing basketball than it would be doing gymnastics. And there was that word scholarship. Wow. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, what do I have to do to get this scholarship? Wow. He said, you have to have really good grades, and you have to be really good in basketball. And I'm thinking, that's it? Okay. I, oh. I did, that was my last backhand spring. I didn't do any more tumbling, nothing. I was done. No balance being. Oh. I was, gymnastics was over. Yes, but 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 you know what? It may have been that. over. Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, they didn't grow up playing basketball. You know what they grew up playing? Soccer. Soccer and everybody right. talks about their court vision, which is why Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash were so fantastic. And that goes for uh, Tony Parker and people like that who grew up in Europe playing soccer. It's giving you the court vision is what makes you better basketball players. You being a gymnastic yeah, God help someone trying to guard you. You can just jump right over them because of the acrobatics you learn. Right, and I, I was I was fast and I could jump, mm. and mm. and I was trained. Dr. Black and Mike Canton, you know these guys, Bill Bill Miller, they trained me to be a point guard. Wow. And well, so, I want to get into that, and I want to get into the HBO special. So, can you just hang on a second? We're going to do another segment with you. Okay, great. I'm going to pay some bills. All right, Steve Paulette, we'll pay some bills. Coming back, we're going to be talking to the great Rhonda Wyndham. Oh, my God. What a talent. What a story. Coming out of the Bronx, coming to USC, making dreams come true. It's going to be a great HBO special about the women of Troy, the USC basketball team from 1983. What a beautiful story. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on ESPN LA 710. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Tom Petty, chasing down a dream. That's exactly what Rondo Windham did and the women of Troy, 1983, the USC basketball team. March 10th, HBO's making a special, and you get to listen now to someone who actually lived the life, who was there, the star, point guard. Rhonda, amazing. Tell us 
what you'd like the listener, the viewer, to take away from that USC team in 1983? Well, you know, uh, back then we were just on the cusp of really promoting uh, women's basketball. You know, mm-hmm. we had an opportunity. It was a collection of players who were, you know, the best players on their high school teams and in their areas and came together and really gelled their talent. And we wanted to put on a show. You know, we had the best. I had Cheryl Miller, Cynthia Cooper, Pam and Paula McGee as as my crew, as my, you know, I'm the point guard, and my job was get the ball to them. How could I not do my job? Listen to this soundbite from Nate Archibald, who won a ring in 1981 with the Celtics, also from the Bronx, who you know. I want to hear your thoughts when you hear him talk about exactly what you just said. Larry, you know, when he got the ball, he made things happen because I think one of the announcers says he's he's probably the first point forward that ever existed in the game, well, I, I, I differ. I think you, you're talking about Elgin Baylor, you know, Rick Barry, who were forwards, but point people that made things happen. But Kevin McHale, you know, Chief didn't dictate the ball that much, but he wanted to touch the to touch the leather. But Maxwell was a great player, and we and we had great players on our team. But to understand that and to understand your role w- w- was key in me you know, being part of that championship run. Understanding your role. That's what you're talking yes, about, right? Exactly. And my role was to make sure that one ball, that everyone got to touch it enough so that everybody was happy, everyone felt involved, and we, we were having fun. That was the key. We had a lot of fun. And to this day, we're all still friends. And we understood that, you know, it was our job to put on a great show and win games. What does basketball teach a person for the rest of their life? What did it teach you for the rest of your life? And we're going back 40 years. 40 years ago, how has that shaped your life? Resiliency. Hmm. Never give up. Even though it looks bad, it doesn't have to stay bad. Hmm. And what are you going to do to change it? You know, I'm a, I'm a problem solver. And as for a living, I'm a, I'm a clinical occupational therapist. That's my doctorate. I'm an occupational therapist. Hmm. And that's what we do. We help people solve problems so that they can function in their daily life at their optimal level, no matter what condition they're dealing with. Hmm. And so in a, in, a, in a sports game, in a basketball game, the conditions are constantly changing. The game is up. You're down. Someone is fouled out. You can't play. It's all types of conditions. What are you going to do hmm. to win? And that's, that's everyday life. You know, as a surgeon, being able to take care of someone like you who's so motivated, so inspired. How's your knee doing, by the way? Oh, man, Dr. Clapper. So I had Dr. Stedman, and then I had Dr. Clapper. <laughs> I had the best. And again, your attitude was, this is a mess. <laughs> but I can fix it. <laughs> and then it's going to be on you. The exact same story. <laughs> I had a total knee replacement. Dr. Clapper, you did a fantastic job. Uh, and you told me, put in the work, be patient. So now, hey, this was 
2018, I had my surgery. Wow. I go to this gym, The Wall. My yeah. trainer, Lacey Stone, who's outstanding. Mm-hmm. We do a, she, she has a class where it's like a 20-minute hit class where mm-hmm. you're doing four different stations, high intensity, mm-hmm. four stations. And then we go and we spin for another 20, 25 minutes. Love it. So I'm spinning. That was the thing I wanted to do, right? I wanted to be able to ride a bicycle. Well, I'm I'm spinning spinning my little heart out, Doctor Clapper. You know, I'll tell you, you're just it's such a pleasure because as a surgeon, you talk about basketball. You and I have to be teammates. I got to be teammates with the patient. If they're not yeah. a good teammate, forget about it. As they say in the Bronx, right. it ain't gonna happen. And it also right. is a pleasure. It is hard work, but it's my job to do it right. As my dad, the carpenter, said, measure twice, cut once, do it right. <laughs> But to be able to share in the enjoyment of the result is really what makes my life priceless. I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be able to have patients like you. Rhonda, you have enlightened up everybody's morning. The weekend's going to be great because I got a chance to talk to you on the show. Thank you so much for doing this. Yes, thank you. And I hope everybody watches um, the HBO special on Tuesday night. We'll do. Troy. And um, I hope they really enjoy it. They will. They will. Thanks so much, and God bless. We appreciate you getting up with us. Thanks, Dr. Clapper. Okay. See you later.